Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode for this week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Today, we've got exclusively college football talk for you. Let's just dive right in. We have one piece of news we missed. We thought this was really important to highlight this week, and that's the fact that USC squeaked out, squeaked out. I want to emphasize that a 17-14 win against Oregon State. They were on the ropes. Uh, So as Notre Dame fans and USC haters, I guess that's relevant. (laughs) (laughs) I still have faith in USC just because I don't want to be wrong. Um, I think I booked that they would make the playoff. So I just, yeah. even though I do not like USC as an Notre Dame fan, I am rooting for them to do well just so I see <laughs> As a podcast host. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a yeah, podcast as a, yeah. host. I'm rooting the for them. The podcast host yeah. part of my identity yeah. is back, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm rooting for them to do well because without USC doing well, Notre Dame's schedule looks worse. And, you know, how uh-huh. else are we going to make the playoff and be the number one seed? <laughs> In you know this year's CFP, you know playoff. If our schedule doesn't look great, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know also, who knows? Who Bama knows could lose four games. You know, we'll see. Crazier yeah. <laughs> things have happened. Maybe there's a <laughs> there's a fine Marshall line. has beaten. I don't know. <laughs> there's a fine line between that was an that was like that was a bad win and finding ways to win games as a good team. And I don't I don't know where they stand mm-hmm. on that. Was that a good win or was it like? I don't know. Like, is that just really bad for them, or is this supposed to be this big positive? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I mean, they 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 overcame some adversity. They were down. They scored 14 unanswered points to end the game. I think to win. So it's like, it's pretty impressive to like face that adversity. I mean, like Caleb Williams was pretty bad. He was 16 for 36, with 180 yards. Yeah, so it's like not great, but. Because I feel like the USC thesis all year has been that, oh, it doesn't matter how many points the opponent scores. We're going to score 40, yeah. 50 points. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And this kind of, you know, um, goes against that. So we'll see. Yeah. Also, who knows? Or maybe Oregon State's pretty good. They beat Oregon two, State like... is a scrappy team. Okay. That is a mm-hmm. blue collar. Uh-huh. Uh, the Pac-12, the Pacific Northwest isn't really a, a blue collar area. But Oregon State. They are blue collar. Yeah. Have you ever been to? They beat Fresno State. They... I was gonna say, have oh, you ever been to Corvallis? I've been to Corvallis a handful. Oh, of for times. sure, like eight or nine times. There's like nothing to do in, out there except for <laughs> watch college football play and play football. college football. Like that's it. <laughs> Where is it in Oregon? Like, is it near Portland? I've no. Um, I want to say it's like an hour or an hour and a half away from Portland. Okay, yeah, that looks right based on this map I have up. <laughs> <laughs> if I. <laughs> I could do some math. Um, no, I was just going to oh. say they're a great baseball team. They're a great college yeah. baseball team. Um, and so maybe they're not considered scrappy and underdogs in that sport. Um, but in other sports, we'll, we'll consider them as, as the underdogs, the Beavers. Also, if you take I-5 South right now, um, <laughs> what? it's about an hour and 19 minutes. So, good yeah, call, Wyatt. Almost like right in the middle of your two. It used yeah. to be from, once upon from a both time, of us, or what? It... <laughs> from from Portland, Oregon. To oh, okay. uh, once upon a time, I was a truck driver and I used to have to make that drive a lot. So, 
I, uh, okay. I, have a, I have a little bit of it burned in my memory. <laughs> it's really close to Eugene, too. I don't think I realized Yeah, but that. it's more it's more east, I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Uh, it's actually not. <laughs> oh. No, because like, it's, it's like they're almost on a line vertically, but it's oh, slightly further west. Oh, my God. Yeah, this, this podcast is the best for <laughs> Oregon geography. You cannot find a better podcast. Or Medford or the other cities that are popping up. Burns. Uh, here. Oh, Burns. Burns, Oregon. Well, you know what? Before we, before we bore our <laughs> listeners to death. <laughs> we would never. We would never. Um, so that's why we're going to switch to the hottest segment of the week, the most important segment of the week. Aiden mentioned blue collar. Let's talk about our blue collar team of the week. Why is your choice Oregon State or do you have a? a you know what? A, it actually almost was when I when I was putting together my list of here's like the whatever teams, and a lot of times I'll look for like really small colleges. I like I was gonna pick like Air Force or whatever because they they run the ball all the time. As I was thinking, <laughs> they do. But then I thought maybe I should pick a team that lost and still had a really good game, and I almost picked Oregon State, but they're not the BCTOTW to this week. Uh, the, the BCTOTW this week is the Kansas Jayhawks. Shout out to the basketball yeah. schools. Uh, this is uh-huh. actually between the main two contenders was Kansas and Kentucky, number eight mm. ranked Kentucky, mm. right behind USC. Mm-hmm. But Kansas right now is unranked, so we're gonna put a little respect on their name because they're four and zero. And you think, mm-hmm. oh, it's Kansas. What's the big deal? They play cupcakes, maybe, but they're actually third in all of college football scoring. Can you believe that? They, mm-hmm. They've scored the third most total points in college football behind uh, Ohio State. They're one point behind Ohio State for second place. Mm-hmm. And as, wow. and here's a blue-collar thing for you. Eighth in total rushing yards. All right, so that's what we like to see. So that is what I like to everybody say. knows the BCTOTW is uh, Kansas's ticket to respect and ranked playoff contention, contention uh, mm-hmm. or, or maybe at the bare minimum the Fiesta Bowl. So we're putting we're putting that stamp on them. Uh, their last game isn't what has given them the nod for me. It's it's a season long achievement so far, and we're backing them for the rest of the year. Mm. I like that a lot. Do you know when the last time is that Kansas won more than four games in an entire season? I don't. Charlie Weiss. I don't actually know this, but I'm I'm guessing. I don't know. It was before Charlie Weiss never won four games in a season. <laughs> um, it was 2009 was the last time they won even four games in a season. Which is crazy. That is. Kansas. Also beating fellow basketball school Duke this week. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for the teams that are never good, but just get like that one good season every here and there. Or I should say that are usually not good. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Kansas also had this year in the greatest year in college football history in 2007. They almost made the, the BCS championship game, but then like lost to Missouri in like the last week of the season. Just crazy. I miss those days. They're way more fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Missouri, oh when Missouri versus exactly Kansas was, was for, the deciding like, was almost four. Oh yeah, the thing. But then I think Missouri ended up losing the Big Twelve championship game. So it's like they were one and two or two and three, and then Missouri won, and then they lost in the Big Twelve championship. And so the championship just ended up being like LSU somebody. LSU oh. won that year, but they ended up playing. I'm just gonna look it up, um, because this is my favorite season in college football history, and I'll never be beaten. <laughs> um, but yeah, they yeah they beat Ohio State, so it was just like it ended up being hey, two like blue blood schools, but for like a Take while. That Wyatt, yeah. 
2007. Ohio State's still recovering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, we are a Notre Dame podcast. Notre Dame won this week, so we have to talk about them if only to, to shower praise. Only one more week, uh, guys. <laughs> Lucas, you probably watched this full game, I'm assuming. I did. What were, did. What were your takeaways, if, if any? I think overall it's a sign that Notre Dame has righted the ship a little bit. Like, they're not a good football team, but it's not going to be a 2-10, and 3-9 and nine year like I feared initially. Like, I think, like, realistic expectations are somewhere between 6-6 six and six and 8-4 and four for the year at this point. I think those are, like, fully within the realm of possibility. And again, I didn't think that'd probably be the case um, when they lost to Marshall. Like, I genuinely, when I said on this podcast that their floor was 3-9, and nine, I fully believed that that was, like, a, a relatively likely outcome. Like, not at all with outside the range of possibilities but let's break down what went right and it's largely the fact that the offense looked passably good for the first time all season um and i think that can also be largely attributed to the fact that unc has i think one of if not the worst defenses in all of college football but that's okay we're not gonna we're just gonna paper over that little fact and pretend like notre dame's offense is all good to go and tommy reese is an offensive coaching genius but let's look at the running back uh, the running backs, the running game. The line looked really good for the first time, I think, all season. Um, and the running backs all did well. Estime, Diggs, and Tyree all had over 50 yards. Estime was the best of them. Ran for 134 yards, 7.9 average, two touchdowns. If the running game keeps playing like that against, like, other opponents, they're going to destroy people this season. And I think that's been a lot of Notre Dame's identity. Like, at least when Brian Kelly was there, it was like, we're going to have the best line, and we're going to run the ball really well. Um, and... They hadn't done that so far this year. And is that like a long-term winning strategy in all of college football? I don't think so because so much of it is like one on the outside now with athleticism, but it's what kept Notre Dame competitive. And so if they can at least get back to that, that's good. Drew Pine, also not bad this week. 24 for 34, 289 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Efficient, good. Again, all this in context that North Carolina has one of, if not the worst defenses in all of college football, but still fair enough. Defense, a little less than great. Uh, allowed 32 points, but UNC is a pretty good offense. Um, and they put the game away earlier than that. Like, it was not particularly close in the fourth quarter at any point. And they probably let their foot off the gas a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, overall, my takeaway is that the team is sort of finding its footing under Marcus Freeman. And the offense looked a lot better this week. Still not a great football team. But I think they'll probably finish above 500 at this point. Again, I think 6-6 six and six to 8-4 and four is kind of the regular season range that I'm looking at at this point. Yeah, you should be encouraged no, that you that you put up that, that many points. I think, you know what? Yeah. Notre Dame had proved in the Ohio State game that they can play up to a higher level defensively. Mm-hmm. I think that there was always questions yeah. of how high could they get offensively. And maybe UNC is not exactly a, a defensive juggernaut, but at the very least, you put up 44 points against a team you're supposed to put up 44 points on, you know? So yeah, it, it's exactly. it's got to be a positive. Like you said, they're – not not bad is the peak of Notre Dame quarterback play, and that's really what you're gonna have to get mm-hmm. deal with for the rest of this yeah. year. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm I, I do not have much to say negatively on Notre Dame as much as I would love to, but mm-hmm. but you might have moved your floor up to seven wins. <laughs> yeah, hey, let's go. I say my floor is now yeah six yeah. or seven wins. I think the ceiling is eight or nine wins. Like I yeah. think it's like a very narrow range for how yeah. they're gonna do this year. But I think it's like they're going to be like an okay football team. And they have off this week. So it's been a while preparing yeah. for BYU. Oh, Drew Pine with a week off. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Never seen that. Yeah. 
Pete, Pete Sampson made an interesting, the athletic correspondent um, made an interesting point that like, I, ironically, I guess Marcus Freeman probably didn't want this to be an off week because it just felt like the team was starting to gel yeah. and get on a roll. And now his momentum is getting shut off while they take a break. As you mentioned mm-hmm. before BYU, but honestly, like I'm not complaining. I think BYU has been surprisingly good this year. Right. And I think they need all the time they can take to prepare for this game, especially cause it's, in Vegas, which is like going to be weird. Yep. Yeah. BYU is going to be an interesting one. Cause I don't really know what to think of BYU to some extent. Mm-hmm. It's we're still in the early season where, you know, Baylor who was great last year, BYU beat. Right. And then Oregon who is obviously destroyed by Georgia week one beat up on BYU. So it's kind of hard to tell where they're at. Um, but it, it is certainly the hardest opponent that Notre Dame has played outside of, um, I guess Ohio State. I guess. I guess Ohio State's better. Mm-hmm. I guess. Okay, well let's let's move along and keep keep Notre Dame in in the context but uh branch out a little bit to some other programs as well. So three three similarities between Notre Dame, Miami and Oklahoma this year are obviously all that they have gotten new coaches. So as things stand right now Notre Dame and Miami are both at 2 and 2. Meanwhile, o- Oklahoma just suffered their first loss this past week so let's talk about where those teams look like they're going to be moving forward Aiden what do you think right now one month into the season which team has the best outlook I'm going with Notre Dame and maybe that's a homer pick but I feel like this is more a process of elimination than anything else Uh, to start with Miami Mm -hmm. they look bad I feel like hopes were high coming into the season A&M especially exactly yeah yeah and I don't think Jared like I was also somewhat rosy about them and AM dealt them with a pretty easy um victory last week or two weeks ago and then you know last week they had a loss that was somehow more embarrassing than notre dame's martial loss i mean mm-hmm. middle tennessee state was a 26 point underdog and miami was losing 24 to 3 before halftime i believe so this was not a close game they benched their star qb who, you know, Mel Kuyper has as, you know, a, a top, I think, 15 pick in the draft mm-hmm. coming up. Um, so not good. Uh, fun fact here is that the middle Tennessee Blue Raiders are 3-0 and against Miami all time. So that's, Wait, a, really? that's a fun stat oh. to, to keep in your stat. pocket. Uh, but, but luckily for Miami, their remaining schedule is entirely composed of ACC conference games, which are easy so who knows they'll, they'll probably end up being okay uh but things are not looking great in the the crystal era so far uh but honestly i think things are worse for oklahoma and that's not in terms of like a, a talent right now perspective oklahoma is probably a more talented team than notre dame right now uh, but oklahoma is very vulnerable they they lost their first real game of the season to a team that lost to tulane the week before uh, and and moreover, like Oklahoma needs momentum. They're slated to join the SEC in 2025 at the latest at the moment. And it's, as we've discussed before, super easy for them to be lost in the shuffle in the SEC. And here they are without their coach that made their program sexy. He's obviously gone. They don't have a brand name QB. And if they stumble into the SEC, I really believe the the consequences of that could be dire just because there's so much talent there. There are so many big brands there that you could fall apart and it would take a while to come back. And that's kind of the track they're headed on right now. 
if they manage to not compete in the Big 12 or not be clearly the best team in the Big 12 over the, the next couple of years, like why would you go to them in the SEC over the other SEC powers? Uh, so I think from that perspective, I'm a little bit worried about Oklahoma, more so than I am about ND, who you know benefits from a 12-team playoff. Uh, who obviously had a super embarrassing loss at the beginning of the season. But, you know, a two-loss ND team makes the playoff uh, potentially in the future. And Oklahoma, they could end up just being beat up by SEC teams and then they're screwed. So I really do think that Notre Dame looks has the best outlook, even if I'm not that bullish on Notre Dame right now. I'm just not bullish on Oklahoma or Miami. Yeah, Oklahoma especially going forward. Like, with you mentioned, everything in the SEC is just, like, I think a really bad outlook. And I also think, like, I'm not convinced in anything with Miami or two, or mm. really Cristobal as a coach. I've seen a lot of, like, talks, especially about how he, like, basically wasted Justin Herbert at um, Oregon. And, like, is that going to be the case here as well, where he's just, like, wasting talent? essentially and not living up to where he can and so mm-hmm. we'll see i mean i i i i, I i'm kind of high on miami i think slightly more i think you mentioned the expansion aid and i think it's worth noting that they probably benefited more because well oklahoma's gonna get wrecked in the sec like you said in notre dame like we've talked about is it's guaranteed to be fifth seed at best right whereas in the acc it's it's gonna be miami and clemson if anything right so i think that's one thing I also think that there's an argument to be made that Miami will benefit just as much from NIL stuff as Notre Dame will. Both of them, I think, are going to mm-hmm. more than Oklahoma. So that's something to consider. To me, Cristobal is kind of appealing because he's a known commodity. Commodity for Marcus Freeman, I'm still mm-hmm. a little iffy on. So to say that they have the best outlook, given that we have a rookie coach, like Brett Venables is obviously a first-time head coach, but he's still a known name. Uh, he's a bit more reliable, and obviously Cristobal, Miami. Freeman makes me a little iffy still. Yeah. I'm just not convinced that Miami will be the second ACC team if there is a second ACC team. I think NC State has the last couple of years been better than Miami. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got Florida State, which is another kind of sleeping giant that could potentially end up, you know, usurping Miami. Uh, so even though like Miami's brand, I really don't know how. It's one of those brands that are like, how have they been not good last couple years the same way texas has been um but i could see a scenario where they end up still being fourth or fifth or you know every year being taken over by a random team like Pitt or something who just happens to have a better roster that year notre dame is still better than both teams in recruiting classes both this year and 2024 next year and can we stop bringing up recruiting classes <laughs> I, it matters. it's like the it's the it worst so argument much. that like, jared uses it all this is why because i gotta listen to jared talk about it and you guys don't have to sit next to jared at breakfast on sundays right i <laughs> i have to listen to him talk about it on the podcast i gotta get the, read his text there. messages what? Yeah. <laughs> i gotta read his text messages i gotta sit with him at family dinner I don't want to hear about recruiting classes anymore <laughs> i want to see also, who's actually is- on the field <laughs> Fair enough. Notre Dame's recruiting class for next year is no longer number one either. It's dropped to five. Yeah, but it's still better than Miami's and Oklahoma's, I'm saying. Mm. Okay. Fair. And it's first in 2024. They only have like six commits right now, but it is still first. 
So that's something. What's Ohio State's recruiting class? Who, who cares what theirs is? I would bet you that there's still going to be a playoff But they team. end up good. I and I feel like you, a part of that is their recruiting class. Their, what, is their, what is Ohio State's <laughs> recruiting class? Can someone tell me that? They're four. They're four. They're right above them. Yeah. Like, there's there's yeah, a reason why Ohio State. I understand it's a flawed metric, but... How else do we like? What other metric do we have as but, to? But Texas what the A&M looks all like? the time has like a top three recruiting class. Oh, for class. sure. Yeah, and then yeah. What? Like it just it just doesn't result. Yeah, especially in what's the the one year that they're straight up number one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. No. I agree with you on that front. It's not. It should not be viewed as an end all be all. But what else do we have to evaluate the talent coming in? Like, there's there's not much. But how Ooh. often does the talent coming in actually impact somebody's tea? Like. I mean, with with the way that the transfer oh, it's not impacting works, with, with the way that the yeah, the, yeah. the, the NCAA is all right now, is that there are always better players out there, and regardless, unless mm-hmm. the five star, you know, no doubt freshman quarter, like it's Arch Manning, which he may not be no doubt, but he's a, uh, you know, the five star quarterback comes in, like, when's a true freshman really going to make an impact? Mm-hmm. Does anybody remember what the what the number was when I when I, I gave this number the the championship winning team each year had an average of like the two point fifth highest recruiting class or roster or something like that. It so means don't something. sit there and tell me that <laughs> yeah. it doesn't actually yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. Though Wyatt, I think you're right that the transfer portal ranking, which I'm sure that exists somewhere, will also become super relevant these days from like an immediate mm-hmm. impact perspective. But we're talking about outlook. In terms of outlook, when we say outlook, I I imagine several years in the future, two to three years going forward. Recruiting class is what we got, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's what fair. it's that's the fair. only the only that's title fair. Notre Dame's gonna take. Or well no longer <laughs> next year, but you know, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna cling to it. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you for listening as always. Um I know you're all mad because Bart did not tell you the handles last time. Uh, so I'm going to be very explicit. And he lied about graduating time. from Notre Dame too. <laughs> that's true. That, that's another thing our listeners are very angry about. Um, but, but yeah, follow us on lunchbellguys underscore uh, on TikTok, on Twitter. Uh, please like, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. We don't really care. We're not really Apple podcast <laughs> guys. We're not Spotify guys. We were, you know, equal found, opportunity there. I found out at a uh, wedding this weekend. <laughs> We are on Google Podcasts as well. So hey, anywhere you listen where, to podcasts. Where can't you find us? You, we challenge us. you listeners to find somewhere where you can't listen to us. Mm-hmm. Um, a podcast platform where you can't find us. Please, please, please let us <laughs> find know. Find it. We're there. Yeah, exactly. We are there. Um, any startups, we're, we're ready to invest. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll see you next week. And hopefully we will get back Jared. Fingers crossed.